always recommending to businesses and creatives to have a podcast and everyone goes, oh, everyone has a fucking podcast these days. Yeah. And the truth is, it's like, yeah, because it's such an easy bit of content to make. Well, you've that- got audio, you've got visual if you film it and you can cut it out into little excerpts from a 20 minute thing. And you've got content for nearly a month from one podcast session. Hey guys, Ryan from Social Scope and I'm here today with... Matthew. Thanks for joining our podcast. <laughs> hey, guy. What are we talking about today? Uh, well, you invited me to come and check out your new studio. So yes, it's it's almost there. I, which I'm very impressed with, I have to say. It's a great little setup. Um, Honestly, like, people go, oh, what, what did you what did you use? What did you use? I was like, it's like couple $70 bits of foam and I painted a wall. <laughs> it's not. But, but the thing is, I think it's about making a dedicated space to be creative in. That's, that's the thing. That's true. Um, I wish I had that opportunity in, in at my place of residence because I would love to just have a room that I could go into and bust out podcasts. Well, that was the whole goal. That, uh, that was the whole goal of this. I got sick of like having to have a space that I had to reset up and re-thing mm. just to be creative when I had content I wanted to make. It just always felt like a burden and I wanted to kind of eliminate that factor. Well, I mean, it's very interesting that you've got yourself a dedicated podcasting space because a lot of the stuff that I do, especially in the audio realm, tends to be very like we go from location to location or we film in, in different spaces. But the only thing that I have that's constant is a post-production facility. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've got a dedicated space, but obviously you can't fit what I work with in, in and have a like a podcasting studio in the same space just with the the, the, she, the sheer floorage that I've got is not well we're talking enough. about your Dungeons and Dragons podcast oh you had to you had to say that didn't I you? did because honestly like if you like what you do it's cool that's my opinion yeah like, uh, look, <laughs> yes but there's also the cultural cringe I, I, admittedly yeah. that's not as bad as it used to be no um I, I drop the name drop, drop okay, okay so yeah. it's there be dragons it's a dungeons and dragons podcast i do with five friends of mine some of which are actors mm-hmm. uh set in a bespoke world of sword and gunpowder i love that you went straight into character after that tone is like oh yeah yeah here i am yeah. here is my and character i am the dungeon master <laughs> that's not a sex thing yeah but it could be whereas <laughs> mine kind of is my yeah if you said i'm a dungeon master i'd be like cool whips and chains <laughs> well see the content that i do if you're not aware is dating and lifestyle stuff and it's straight away cultural cringe people go oh dating stuff this but the beautiful thing about podcasts is you can actually go in depth with the topics that you're talking about to create Mm. some actual genuine understanding or actually paint a real world and that's what's really important about podcasts in today's day and age is it's such an easy slash important medium to be producing if you're trying to get content out there um, uh, like this is the thing I kind of uh, and it's been covered by a couple of other people who are far more successful than I am but I agree with a lot of the the decisions that they've sort of made as a result of like the democratize the democratization of the internet. Mm. It's that we didn't really have the ability to communicate on mass until like the early two thousands. Yeah. The internet kind of opened that up, but the internet was so technical. It was like, you'd have to, it's like, it's like getting, um, you know, uh, someone on the street to go and bringing them into effectively like a NASA control center and going, and now use the internet. Oh yeah. That's what it was like. People Um, forget that. Like it's still so damn new. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, I I remember a time in which the internet was not a thing that was readily available. Like I was very young, but it was like, we're talking when the Nintendo was new and that was exciting because it made beeps and boops on a screen i remember it took me about six weeks to download a two minute slipknot music video when i was about like 12 or 11 and we're dealing with and what we're dealing with now though in the current like cultural sphere is Mm. social media platforms 
networks that are literally designed for you to talk to people. Um, and there's a whole discussion going on about what that sphere has a um, what sphere that has in our life at the moment. But the thing that I think that's really important, especially for someone who's creative or someone who works in a particular field that they're very passionate about is the ability to create content and just put it out there and have it be seen. Yeah. You kind of need to know how to twiddle the dials. That's where like the knowledge of hashtags and like where you should put stuff and how you should present stuff and what thumbnails you, sh you should use mm. are, are things that are, are skills that you can acquire actually quite easily, but there are things that you, you need to kind of do if you're trying to promote yourself. But mm. if you're just out there going, hey, here's a cool thing that I've made that I've recorded, like for example, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast, <laughs> um, because I, I, you know, I fancy myself as someone who could write a fantasy novel at some point, um, that then goes out and can be found by people, shared by people. And if I've got some cool art or some amazing animatics or a funny little excerpt that I can put out there that's only a minute long, I can put that on Instagram, I can put that on Twitter. And people will like, follow, share and do all the rest of it. And then it grows organically. I think what you said there was perfect, which is it's not about making this stuff to go out and become a sensation. It doesn't mean you can't follow that path to grow. Mm. But what you said is I have information in this area that I'm passionate about and I want to talk about it. And I'm always recommending to businesses and creatives to have a podcast. And everyone goes, oh, everyone has a fucking podcast these days. Yeah. And the truth is, it's like... Yeah, because it's such an easy bit of content to make. Well, you've that, got audio, you've got visual if you film it, and you can cut it out into little excerpts from a 20-minute thing. And you've got content for nearly a month from one podcast session. Well, that's it. And it's also not even taking into account the fact that because we are dealing with a society where basically everyone's at their window shouting at everyone on the street, mm. um, you need to be doing that in triplicate. You need to be covering everything. If, if, you, if there was a way that you could transcribe your podcast, in fact, I'm sure there are mm. ways to transcribe your podcast into a written medium, mm -hmm. like show notes or, a, or literal transcripts, that would also be a useful thing that you could do. So there you go, four, four ways that you can turn a, a single podcast session, which might be an hour, an hour of your time. I try to keep our podcast to 20 minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that's, people go, oh, that's a bit short or whatever. I'm like, yeah, but there's, there's, we're doing it regularly. Yeah, it's, so, and it's being succinct. And the thing yeah. is, like, some people will love to jump on and watch the Joe Rogan podcast for four hours, yeah. especially if he's got someone like, I don't know. Well, uh, he had um, Dave Chappelle on the other yeah, day. Well, and well, Kanye West yeah. or whoever else, you know. But that is a format, mm. and that is a known format because he's basically taking up the space that the long late-night talk shows, um, like Parkinson's, if you're, if you're yeah. familiar with the BBC show, uh, kind of held for a while, but even they were constrained. But now it's sort of like we have a natural conversation. And, and I don't know if you've noticed, I think that he's actually quite smart in the way that he does this. He always seems to have a natural conclusion to mm. his podcast. Yeah. Because it is literally like a three to four hour conversation that he's had. And at that point, you're kind of going, well, where's the door? Yeah, oh, 100%. <laughs> anyway, but if you're passionate about what you're doing. But how you, many you know, more people are consuming audio now? So many. Everyone wants to multitask. Yeah. That's the thing. Like everyone, like how many times do you go to the gym or you're on a big drive? You listen to a song. Like I love listening to music, but I've noticed that's dropped dramatically because I'm like, all right, well, that's three minutes. That's only three minutes of my two hour drive or my whatever. Yeah. Like unless you've got like a Spotify playlist or something. Yeah. But even, even so, if you've got a Spotify playlist, Spotify does podcasts. Yeah. Why are you not listening to a podcast? Well, that's the thing with podcasts. Why are you not educating yourself on stuff? I've, the thing I like about podcasts is it's made learning cool again. Yes, I'd agree with that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, because there's so many people listen to like crime podcast or language based podcast or just things that they're nerdy and like into podcast so they can just learn about these worlds or engage in them. And it's, yeah. that's a better way to kill a big block of time 
than to just thing, listen to a song. And the thing is also for people who are looking to make podcasts, I mean, it's not especially difficult to set yourself up with a studio space like you've done here. That's the point I've tried to make with this. But you don't need to. No. You can have a purely mobile setup. It takes mm. a little bit more planning because you kind of have to go, okay, well, is the sound conditions in this room with a window that leads onto the front the, the, the front of the house that's on a main street yep. the best place to be recording this audio? Probably not. Let's go to the back room. But as long as you're aware of like where your problems are, I think it's not hard to do. Another thing I try to tell people, if you're just doing the audio aspect of your podcast, is to actually just record... You can buy a little lavalier microphone that costs $70 made by Rode who makes these microphones. Mm. If you're in a quiet room that has carpet and some curtains up or whatever... That will kill you, 70% of the sound. You will actually produce something that sounds pretty unprofessional and you'll have the audio and all you need is a phone and one $70 external microphone. And the, and the professionality element is also a thing that people, I think, don't necessarily take into account. Mm. Is that everyone goes oh, I can't do this because mm. I don't sound good. It's like, well, no one likes the sound of their own voice. 100%. Like, and, 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 and you also fall into certain speech patterns, like your very uh, little mannerisms that you have in your day-to-day -day come out when you listen back and you go, oh, God, do I really sound like that? Do I really say these same <laughs> kinds of words over and over and over again? 100%. Um, but the reality is... That's actually one of my ones. The yeah. reality is... Mine is 100% and the truth is... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. uh, but the reality is that people listen to you speak every day mm. and they're not running away screaming, going, oh my God, my ears are bleeding. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it is a little bit of a... It's a little bit of a hurdle that... It's a self-hurdle. You need to kind of get over that yeah. to be able to go, okay, I can do this. I can achieve this. Uh, now... Is it possibly a better idea to get like an, a professional sound engineer to come in and record the, record the audio for you? Possibly. But you can just do it on your phone if you need to. But this is the thing. It's, it's about accessibility points. Like, yeah. um, it, oh, I can't remember. I think it was a Gary Vee thing, but it was talking about perfectionism. It was like there's perfectionism and then there's contextual perfectionism. Yeah. So it's like, is that the per like, perfect example? Me and you are filmmakers. Yeah. And we liked... And I, knock, yep. I knock things around apparently. <laughs> so, but we like to make high quality films that look professional, that look yeah. legit. How many shitty mobile phone films, short films that have been on Facebook get millions and millions of views? Well, that's it. Because um, in that context, it works. Yeah. And, and, and this is actually something that I, because um, I do a lot of post-production. Mm. Um, I direct and, and write and do a bit of other stuff as well, but I, I tend to spend my time making other people's stuff look good, let's be honest. Which that, is in of itself, it's an art. Another reason why I made this, I wanted something for myself. Yeah. Um, there are ways to trick people into, and, and not in a nefarious way, but just get people to go with the flow. Yeah. To it's, it's The suspension of disbelief is actually within itself an art form. Like um, All kinds of people use it. Like Stage performers use it because if you're not hooked within the first minute to go, okay, I'm watching a show that is not reflective of realities. People mm. who walk off the side of the stage are not like, it's it. That is the equivalent of like a cross dissolve in or a, yeah. or, a, or a, um, one of Star Wars's favorite transitions, a like a, a rolling dissolve across. Perfect example works image. in that movie. Perfect. Put it in any other movie, it looks shit. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like that's creating a context, but you you have to establish effectively what the the almost the aesthetic rules are before you go any mm. further and i do that a lot with the podcast that i edit mm. um because if you actually go listen back to it with a critical eye and you're not in that flow state where you're just listening to the story as it goes you will notice that there is stuff in there that does not make sense like all of a sudden we've just we've effectively mm. cut to an exterior 
in audio form. Yeah. <laughs> so I've, I've changed your mind as to where we've gone with the use of a sound effect. Yeah. And that's the power of a podcast for a creative process. Now for a business, because obviously, as you said, I, we both work in, in film um, and you know, we both work in corporate video. We both do these sorts of things. Um, we're both big advocates for podcasts, for example. Yeah. Um, we look at how a story can be told every time we pick up a camera yeah, or every time we set up a podcasting studio like this. And we work out kind of almost subconsciously how to build a narrative based off of like what we think we need to get across to our audience. It goes back to that thing about communication. And I think going also back to your contextual perfection thing, mm. that's also why it's so difficult for us to just pick up a, a phone and go, <laughs> okay, I'm going to make a cool little short film Yeah, <laughs> that lasts a minute and I'm going to put it up on TikTok or I'm going to put it up on, well, Vine no longer exists, but you know what I mean, yeah. on, on any of your social media platforms. Exactly. Because we've been trained. We think mm -hmm. in a certain way. And I've actually spent a lot of my time unlearning a lot of that so that I can mm -hmm. take advantage of social media because it is such a powerful tool. Like uh, you mentioned Gary Vee before. Like, yeah. He's probably going to punch me in the head for saying it. Yeah. I don't like how he performs. I don't like how he says yeah. his stuff. Um, but he's so passionate about it that you can't help but respect what he has to say. Exactly. And that's the thing. And that's, but this is the other thing is it's so nice. Even well, exactly what you said, if you see him for a second, you might go, oh, stuff this guy. But if you listen, the beautiful mm. thing about a podcast or a speech sort of thing is you get the chance to at least understand the perspective and you can make a decision based on, oh, I've heard him for five minutes now. Mm. I haven't heard sound bites. I haven't heard cut up stuff. I haven't heard this. I've heard five minutes of his train of thought. Yeah. I don't agree with it, but I see where he's coming from. Or, shit, I do agree with that, but I don't like how he's looking at it. It feels a bit, you know, like you can but at least get the, some flavor to your you hearing experience. Thing. I would happily listen to all his videos and watch all his content. I hate how he talks, but I love what he has to say. Yeah. And, that, and that's, and that's yeah. how and that's how he gets his communication across. And it really comes back down to just having the ability to almost speak unfetteredly into a microphone mm. and to say, okay, well, this is the information I'm imparting. Um, I'm having a natural conversation with someone who's literally sitting across from me. Yeah. We're talking about a subject that we're both passionate about. What can we find out? Exactly. So yeah. it's kind of an exploration as much as it, as it is like a, a presentation of facts. Yeah. But I think the, the real core of why people are enjoying podcasts as much as they are is they're getting an authentic interaction because you can only fake what you have to say for so long. Once you start getting into yeah. like past the 10 minute thing, it's like when you, you know, what they say with a reality TV, after 10 minutes, you forget the cameras are even there. Yeah. It's that same kind of thing when you're having a conversation in a podcast. And that's what's really nice about it is people are craving authenticity. Yeah. They're sick of hearing shit that sounds questionable, someone talking about someone else or someone else's opinion. That's why Joe Rogan works so damn well is because he brings a guest on and goes, speak for yourself and just speak as a person. Yeah. Also, he's a bit of a meme himself. Oh, like, of course he is. I, yeah. I, I particularly love the uh, Supercut video of him discussing like um, a gorilla ripping someone apart. Yeah. It's him going, oh, oh. It's possibly some of the funniest <laughs> shit I've ever seen. And that's the thing. Like, I, I know so many people go, oh, Joe Rogan. But they're like, yeah, I get it. Like, I get why people aren't into it. I, actually, you know what? I saw a fantastic thing um, someone wrote about what the Joe Rogan podcast is. And it's like, it is the equivalent of like a Khan of the Steps, like in, in like, you know, 800 AD, like Europe. Um, mm. bringing all these intelligent thinkers and philosophers and, and letting them speak to him. And he just sitting there and going, mm, yes. And then mm. 
what's kind of happened over the life of his podcast is that he has now listened to enough smart people that he's been educated enough yep. that he is able to ask questions and it puts them on edge yep. when he gets like um particular particularly if he disagrees with it but he's still because he was an mma fighter and a comedian he's both physically <laughs> and intellectually quite imposing when you think about oh, it oh yeah and he's <laughs> able to just skewer people either with his wit but or then he's also a comedian you yeah, know but, I mean? that's what i mean right <laughs> So him being able to do that um, is now the equivalent of that Khan of the Steps going, hmm, but other men say that sun comes up because earth rotates. This yeah. different to what you say. <laughs> Why? Why this? <laughs> you lie to Joe? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then they're going, uh, oh no, <laughs> what yeah. do I say to that? Um, but but th this is the thing. I think there's a lot of effective mediums for podcasts. They are a fun escape. You can tell a narrative. Yeah. You can give dating advice like i do you know what yeah. i mean like it, there's so many things it's, but it's like with the dating advice thing the common question i get is oh shouldn't people just know this that's a bit lame that's no. a bit this that's a bit whatever i'm like not everyone had the cool friends to hang out with in but, high school not everyone had the dad around not but, everyone had it's kind of like going to a baby oh you should be walking now you yeah. should know this already like yeah yeah maybe after a couple of years of crawling around on the ground <laughs> that's just like it's uh, like you know i worked it's in nightclubs yeah I, I worked in nightclubs for years so mm -hmm. that gave me the benefit of being around like you know what you'd call on a superficial level quite attractive people and like kind of cool people and djs and all that sort of stuff yeah. and it's like it's a culture but you know you'd get those sort of the from those sort of people and it's like dude you don't really like i hate to throw around the privilege word but I'm like you're in a very privileged space where you get to meet people every weekend yeah most people are sitting in an office in front of a computer nine to five every day. Yeah. And then on the weekend, they're like, oh, shit, I spend one day cleaning up and catching up with the family. And then maybe one day I get to do my own thing. Yeah. And, 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 and the thing is, that's kind of, that kind of creates a dichotomy for them um, because they will feel like these mm -hmm. are the people who are living this amazing lifestyle. And I guarantee you that those people who are living that amazing lifestyle are like, just, man, I would really love to have like a nine to five job oh. so I don't have to do this all the time. <laughs> Honestly, like, like working clubs for as long as I did, like the last thing I wanted to do was go into a club. Yeah. And every now and then I'll still go out to a club and I'll just go, ah, oh, that's right. <laughs> like, uh, but, like, but, what, but, but I, what becomes fun and unique for the everyman mm. becomes mundane and run-of-the-mill for people who are immersed in it. Oh, 100%. Well, it's like us with film. Yeah. But like, we notice the stupidest little imperfections in our content and, and it makes us think, oh, we can't post that. You know what I mean? And like nine, time, yeah. nine people won't even notice, like nine out of 10 people won't even well, notice that's it. it that's know? it. And, and I think, it, again, coming back to that whole thing of contextual perfection. I exactly. Think that, I think that if you get it closer... I was mentored by a very intelligent man um, in... in post-production and and television like uh, uh what, what what could you say like uh, basically in production mm. i was mentored by a very intelligent man about this and he said the the film is never finished you just run out of money yep 100 <laughs> percent. like that's that's the thing like you you sit there i i have to physically stop myself sometimes from playing with audio or video mm. or you know, a special effect that I'm working on or some kind of animation that I'm creating because I am just now, I'm basically, I'm just rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic to borrow a very tired metaphor, but a very apt one. <laughs> like there is a bigger problem or a bigger issue that you could be dealing with and you're literally reassessing where like the seats are. <laughs> Sorry, that just reminded me like, <laughs> sad story. Guy ended up passing away, but Rune Barley and this guy had an aneurysm in the pool. It was a Oh god! Yeah, it was a whole thing. Anyway, I'm we're sitting there. Yeah, that's okay. Um, but we're sitting there, and we're like, you know, 
the ambulance have finally arrived after you know us like I'm muting trying to keep him. Sorry, <laughs> trying to tell a serious story. I, I, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm being so rude. Just give me a moment so I can like oh, mute okay. my phone so it doesn't interrupt you. How about that? I'm just on a flow. I know. I, sorry, man. That's the case. This is this is a big rule in the film industry. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, case um, of beer. Sorry. Yeah. Point being, ambulance rock up. This guy is pretty much he's gone. Yeah. And we're trying to wheel him out. And the people at the hotel are trying to put the deck chairs back in the way that the ambulance moved up. It's like, oh, no, no, we've got a party here tonight. It's like... Maybe have a little bit of decency like, in fucking way. open your eyes. There's a dead dude on the floor. Yeah. Like, <laughs> not to go too dark or anything. No. But, but it's like, but like that, that metaphor of like arranging chairs on the Titanic. It's amazing how many people do that with stuff where you can be so hyper-focused on something that you don't see what's happening but, around you. But the same thing could be applied for people who are running a business or doing marketing. They're so mm. focused on what's been done. They're not looking at what can be done. Yeah. Uh, and this is where I like going back to Gary Vee. I think that he's actually... 100% right on. In fact, again, for my, my own personal distaste of how yep. the man speaks, I actually think if I met him in person, we'd probably get on. But, oh, 100%. But uh, he's obviously trying to break through the bullshit with the way he presents his stuff. And that, that particular way that he does it by saying, I'm going to punch someone in the face or yeah. is, is not necessarily for me. Like, no. That's not how I live my life, but I get it and I respect it. And you also um, remember he gets probably asked the same question a yeah. hundred times a day. I mean, so, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm nowhere near as popular as he is <laughs> and I still get asked the same question by pretty much every client I've ever worked yeah. for when it comes to stuff. It's like, oh, can you just change this? Like, no, you should have told me like two days ago yeah. because we're at a point now where you can't change anything. Yeah. Uh, but getting back to what he was saying, which is about like social media and the importance of that, democratizing mm. communication is such an effective way on a business level mm. to reach an audience and create a brand mm. and people get a lot of people tend to get um like these terms confused and i might be borrowing a little bit from what he said but i, I this is yeah. stuff that's pretty evident in the work that we do there is a difference between marketing sales and branding oh hun i said 100 percent for the fifth time so yeah yeah 110 percent 500 percent uh so like marketing to my mind is just the ability the the act of communicating a product and why someone should buy it. Yes. Sales is the actual conversion of that marketing into a purchase. And then branding is creating an idea about why that product exists mm -hmm. and who you are as someone who is trying to reach people with that product that's going to improve their life. Yes. Like it's a little bit more nebulous. Like other people have different definitions, but to me it kind of cuts into like a three-sided pie. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you sales if you're focusing on on selling an, a product it could be anything it could be a, a wacky inflatable tube, air, farm, man. tube yep. farm man right cool if you sell that that's great and if you tell people hey you should buy that that's great but if i go this is something that's got, like i create these things by hand and i like i'm mm. so in terror i'm terribly enamored by like painting the faces myself and i'm going to show you a video of me actually doing that so you can see me hard at work yeah and then you see like the time lapse of that that's branding that's not marketing that's showing you that's how you create actual like brand loyalty and that's how you create connection. That's how you create connection with the product you're making and as a person. And that's because this is the thing: people don't like ads anymore. They never really did from the beginning, but no. but like, but people do not 
gravitate to ads. You, you, you say, well, when you was the last what? time you watched an ad on TV that you could remember? Like, when was the last time like you heard an audio ad? The last advert that I saw that I can actually remember, it's the first thing that popped into my mind. And it's yeah. actually a really average ad was the, uh, I believe it's the Han Light advert where it's got them as dressed up as a whole pile of monks and they're pulling oh, yeah. beers out of a cooler. Yeah, ads were always great. But the thing is, <laughs> as uh, in terms of like, does that sell me a product? Not really. Yeah. It's, it's sold me a cool little story, but what it has done is it created a brand image in my mind because I go, ah, it's a beer ad. Beer ads are fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to necessarily buy their beer because I don't like Han. Yeah. But, ah, that's the brand that they have. They're a yeah. fun, light thing. So maybe that one time where I'm trapped in a bar and it's like, would you like Coors or Han? I yeah. might go, There's, they're banking on that converting into the choice of going on, well, I'd rather have Hans than Coors. Well, actually, yeah. to be honest, I'd rather have Coors than yeah, Hans. But, but, but I, I get the but example. That's, but that's branding. That's mm. them going, we're living in your head now. If you're put in a position where you potentially, there is a question of will you buy our product, we're banking on the fact that the branding is going to put you, tip you over yeah. to do it. And, and that's, that's which the, leads to market, which is basically that is a result of mark, of good marketing and sales. And that goes to once again, why podcasts are so helpful for businesses. Yeah. Because you're not fr- showing an ad to them. No, you're, you're talking about the world that you're in and people who are yeah. interested in that can actually engage and get some knowledge at the very least. Well, like I, I've been trying to make a short film for years. Um, it's a bit of a logistic challenge. And there's, there is a point as to why I'm bringing this up, mm. but um it, it, look, I'll just be very blunt. It's a Viking film. I really want to make a Viking film. I want to do a really cool action sequence with a bunch of people. Uh, we're probably going to be making that very soon. Like, n- fingers crossed, let's hope it happens. But I could talk to you for hours about this film, yeah. about the world that I wrote, because I wrote the script and it was like, oh, there were so many challenges that I kind of wanted to incorporate into it. Uh, and then, like, I can talk to you about, well, when we actually got to kind of doing some pre-production on it, we discovered that the things that we thought were actually going to be the hardest thing to do were actually the easiest thing to do. <laughs> so, for example, sourcing costumes. Yeah. Well, it just so happens I reached out to a bunch of people who do historical recreation, and they're like, how many tents would you like? I've got 70 of them. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I only needed, like, 10 to maybe look like it's, make it look like it's cool. <laughs> but now that's grown the potential, like, production value. And yep. you're willing to give that to me for free so that you can make a cool thing with me that's incredible yeah, so yeah. passion is catching and that's the thing that podcasting does and that's the thing that social media does is mm. if you show you're passionate about something people will acquire your taste for the pa- thing you're passionate Pe- people for. want to follow their pa- their passion so when yeah. you talk about your passions it gives them permission to open up about theirs or to engage in well, this theirs. this actually ties in nicely with your dating stuff because mm. like how many dud dates have you been on where the person is basically like i have no passion i have no drive i'm just like I love that I'm at the point now where I just go, hey, it was nice to meet you, catch you later. Because yeah. that is so common. It's just like, so what do you do? Oh, yeah, not much. It's like, I've never met you before. Just do you watch TV? Do you... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you eaten a meal recently? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And you could... Have you gone on a walk in one direction for two kilometers recently? Exactly. Yeah. This is a little uh, callback to something <laughs> we were talking about earlier. But, like, you know, it could be eating. You could be like, I had this meal. It's like, oh, yeah, I had chicken for dinner last night. Okay, cool. It was like, oh, God, like, I had this... This chicken was amazing, honestly. Like the skin was just perfectly crispy, yeah. and the meat was so damn moist. So with just say, a hot like you this. say this, but I actually did grill a, like a full chicken that I like brined with spices the other day. But see, that just brought it up, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just going in a few descriptive words instantly makes you go, "Oh well, I went and did." You know what I mean? Whereas if I had chicken for dinner last night, but, probably. Would. But yeah. that's the thing. Like, but, but also really cool. Like in, in, in another sense, and this is something that was personal experience for me in that moment was I also had a sense memory of the taste of that chicken, and the thing is. 
all of our senses are so entwined. Like when you look at what a podcast can do at its base level, it can tell a story. Yeah. And it is my fervent belief that that is how we actually know what the world is. Like, think about how we learn about the world. We don't learn about the world. Like, okay, so some of it's going to be don't touch. Okay, my uh, fire indeed hot. Don't yeah. touch fire because it burns its pain receptors and it's returned. But if you think about like, like that's that's how an uh, forgive the expression, but that's how an animal learns about the world. Yeah, how a human or a person th- learns about the world, it's through story. Mm-hmm. Dad, tell me a story. Mom, tell me a story. Why does the sun come up in the morning? Mm. Oh, well, I mean, it, that used to be, oh, well, the, you know, uh, what was it? Um, Helios would, uh, not Helios, uh, one of the Greek gods would attach it to his chariot and he would fly it over the planet. And for people that yeah. was like, cool, that makes sense. <laughs> and, and, and it's like, okay, we're a little bit more critical about these things now. And so we've sort of demystified that. But you have to remember, like, people of that certain age believed that yeah. and that was how they experienced reality. It was all through storytelling. Yeah. And that's the thing that you have the opportunity to do. You have the opportunity as a business or as a person who's professionally communicating to an audience about anything. And that could be your love of shrimp. Yeah. It could be a full, like, it could be a full gump moment. Yeah. Right? My advice to, to businesses and just creatives is that detail, that, like, that extra detail is what people are actually after. Mm. They don't want the surface points. There are videos where you go, hey, how to do this? Do this, do this, do this, do this, done. Yeah. People want those videos. That content exists. Yeah. But people want to d- dive deeper into theory these days. Don't be afraid to go into that extra detail because that's what people are actually wanting. And personal experiences. Yeah. Like that's, that's like I will relate to someone 100% more. Mm. I want to learn from the mistakes you've made. I want to learn from the wins that you've had. You know what I mean? Like I want to, f- if it's a field or area I'm interested in. Yeah. I want to engage in that. Well, think about like, this is a slightly like left-wise step with mm. regards to this, but like think about how a con artist works. Mm. A con artist's entire trade relies on you believing a story they're telling you so mm. that they can take advantage of you. Now that's a terrible thing to do and you shouldn't. Yeah. But when it comes to things like communicating why your product is the best product, mm. you kind of need to take a little bit of a leaf out of their book. Not that you want, are doing it for duplicitous reasons. Like mm. you're not trying to sell them a bum product. No. What you're trying to do is actually engage them with a story about the product. Because the thing is, at the end of the day, another one of those little twitches that I yeah. had, um, at the end of the day, you as a business owner or you as someone who's made a product that's for, uh, for sale, so like an artist or whatever, I'll say mm. a painter. Yeah. The person who buys the paint, uh, the person who buys the painting is going to receive an image. Mm. What you're selling them is the early morning that you got up and went out and stood uh, outside and were inspired by like the sunrise, mm-hmm. um, the the travel to the shop to buy the paints supplies that you need, the time sat down kind of sketching out the shape of the image, the the several previous versions of the painting that weren't quite what you wanted. The years you were training. The years you were training. Mm. All these things go into the product. And whilst a painting is a great example of like, oh, you know, that's a very artistic and engaging storyline. And maybe that's not what you're selling because you could mm. be selling, I don't know, fish hooks. Yeah. Like, but you can tell a story. You still tell a story about those fish hooks. Oh, yeah. And th- but this it goes straight back to my dating stories as well. It's like there's a difference between manipulation to take advantage of someone and manipulation to make them open to an experience. 
That's that's it. Yeah. 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 I think that's a really succinct way yeah. of saying that. So it's like I'm not trying to convince you because I'm trying to do some dirty dodgy thing. I'm like, no, I, I, I can't. I understand why your guards are up. I understand mm. why you might not be a hundred percent receptive right now. But I'm I'm just here to let you know that I'm offering something fun, maybe some connection, maybe an experience. And yeah. and if you're willing to jump on board with that, I'd love for you to join me. Yeah, you and, know what I mean. And, like, and the thing is, at the end of the day, again, that another, takes convincing. You know, it, it takes convincing, but also you're probably being your most honest self by saying that. Exactly. Because the, we've got this weird, like almost bell curve, like thing where there is the intent or the truth of the matter. Like, hello, I'm very interested in you physically. Yeah, I would like to have sex with you. Yeah. And then there is the societal norm, which is, hi, how are you? My name's Matthew. I'm yeah. really interested in getting to know you. Um, and then there's the end of it, which is actually the the initial impulse to approach you because I found you attractive has opened up an opportunity for me to have an experience to get to know you. And what I've discovered is actually you're very, you've got a really bad personality as I'm not actually that interested yeah. anymore. Or you're actually an amazing person. Let's have a date. Well, my, one of my favorites was I went to get this girl's number and we're having a chat. And like within a minute, she's like, oh, here's my number. I've got to go. And I was like, hold up. Who are you? Yeah, and she goes, "Oh, here's my number." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," but I want to make sure that I actually like you before yeah. we start calling each other. That's why I've come over to meet you. And she was like, "Oh, okay." And then like we had a great chat and it was all good. But the funny thing was, I was like, "No, like it's yes, the superficial thing is what brought me here, mm. but it's not the that's not all right." That's decided. Not that's not the story here. Yeah, that's that's not all right. Decisions decided. She's attractive. I want to be with her, and that's that's the difference between that genuine connection and taking advantage. You know what I mean? Like, but also use think it about, to open the door and then figure out if you want to stay. Yeah, but also think about the story that she's now experiencing. Hmm. That's the other thing. We're talking about the story that we're telling people. It's not that's not necessarily the story that the people who are listening to the story yeah. are having as well. She's gone. This guy's approached me. I like him. He's interesting. I might give him a call or I might respond to his text messages. Hmm. And then he's gone. I'm actually, I'm going to give him my number and then I'm going to get on with the rest of my day because I'm busy. Yeah. And then he's gone, actually, no, I'm not going to just take your number and have that be the be all and end all. I came over to get to know you. Yeah. That completely shakes up the programming and yeah. they go, okay, oh, wow. Okay, this person's actually interested in me. Like this is actually, this is yeah. different. I'm not just using a social out and then I will make my mind up later. I am actually going to have to be able to present a value judgment for this person to see whether or not that I am worth their time. Yeah. And then off the back of that, I'm sure that, that you probably got yeah, yeah, together we and had it. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It probably didn't eventuate to anything, I'm assuming. Oh, but I was when I was enjoying being single. So yeah, well, yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah. But that as a story is so much more powerful than I met a dude in the street and I gave him my number yeah, and I might text him back. Exactly. It's, it's that thing. It's, it's create, always be the person to create openings for connections, Yep. but be disciplined and have enough self-worth that you don't have to hang on to every single one that you open up to because there's people you're going to click with and there's people you're not going to click with. But by at least being open to potentially clicking, you open up a lot more opportunity. Well, and and I know we're fixating on story here. I know that we probably want to wrap it up pretty soon because you're yeah. like that 20-minute 20, 20 segment. I, I could talk for hours yeah. on this. Um, when it comes to story, story comes with structure. Mm. And again, going back to how we learn about the world and how we, we basically come to understand reality, being from stories, once you kind of understand the structure of a story, you can start to play with it. Mm much like what you did in that instance. And that's what's going to give you a competitive edge because if you understand the function of a story, how it operates in society, you can start to use that to your advantage. 
not in a not in a nefarious way, but you can use it to present yourself as being something that's out. Uh, you just you're, you're stand out from the pack because mm. you're more pres. You're actually more present in the world as a result of understanding how people understand the world. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, hundred percent. And just to go in here, um, the thing I was going to bring up of what you said was it changed to a norm. It's like we're all running on autopilot. Yeah. It's like I said, when you go to the shops, oh, how are you going? Yep, I'll take this. Oh, yep, $5, thanks. Yep, cheers. All right, no If there's way. one thing I could change about the world, it would be can we just have 10% operational capacity for everyone instead of being on autopilot? If anyone yeah. just, if, if people would just operate at 10% more human. That's what I'm, that's pretty much what the dating advice I give is. Yeah. It's everyone goes, oh, yeah, it's all good for you to say, you know, you're kind of tall or, you know, you, like, you know, you're typical looking guy, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, but you got to realize barely anyone out there is doing anything. Yeah. It's about doing that ten percent more than yeah. what's happening. I interviewed yeah. I interviewed a couple of years ago uh, a guy who runs a bodybuilding uh, like supplements company, mm. and he said one of the best things I've ever heard in a, in a in an interview with him. And I'll paraphrase it a little yeah. bit. This is I was so surprised and also so grateful about how lazy people are because mm. that's how he built his business. He put in slightly more effort than everyone else, and it paid off for him. And and to give you an idea of who this guy was, he was. Um, he was the owner of, uh, again, a company, but it's now based, I think, in five different countries. Yeah. That's, honestly, it's we. It's very easy to get bogged down because there's a lot of people out there who have the perception of doing a lot. Yeah. Posted yeah. on social media. But you'll find a lot of these people are only posting the opportunities that are being hand-given to them. And that doesn't mean, you know, yeah. attractive girls, that's their asset. To be honest, and that's not to talk that down. That's actually an asset. People no, well, we're enjoy- talking about we're talking about capital and various different Pe- fields. People enjoy watching it, but unfortunately, a lot of them don't know how to make a back end from that. Apart from, oh, they want me to go model on this thing. They want me to get a photo with this product, and like that's great. But once that asset of beauty is gone, which is, it is a finite thing, they don't know how to capitalize on the back end of it. So, like that's the thing. So when you understand how to use the things you have in front of you, the skill sets you have in front of you, there's a lot of stuff that can be capitalized on. Just just the information you have about yeah. a certain product as a business owner or the information you have about working out because you've been going to the gym since you were a mm-hmm. kid. There's something you can teach that someone will go, oh, that's a good idea. We I, all have a little I, area. I actually want to throw something at you and I yeah. just kind of clicked as we were talking about that because I said something and I actually assessed it in my head for a moment, which was um, you said like, oh, beauty runs out. And I'm sort of thinking about like, is that true? It because because I don't I don't actually think it does. I think it's transformed and what the, that's what the disconnect is is that society will not necessarily value the transformation. Yes. But there will be someone out there. That's what we call a niche market. Oh, hunt. no, this is the thing. By me saying beauty runs out, that's probably a, that's no, probably no. A, no no no, you're you're right. It's a, it's a bit of a bold statement. It's it's the marketable generic beauty is yeah, what I'm talking it's, about. It's the being able to being able to be competitive in a large glutted market. Exactly. That's what that is. Yeah. And and the thing is But it is, is a bad turn of phrase. You're right. Well no no it's not even the turn of phrase. It's just the idea in the head because the thing is like going back to everything we've been saying, when you think about how stories operate, mm. some people have favorite stories. There are the stories that everyone will go and watch because they're family friendly, they're very milk toast, they're middle of the road. Everyone goes there for a slight feel good bump mm. and they turn their brain off for two hours. Um, you know Pixar films yep. are not necessarily going to break any records in terms of ingenu- ingenious storytelling. Some people would disagree with no, me. They tell basic stories perfect. That's what I mean. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like they take they take the the ide- idealized product and perfected that. Yeah. And then they sell that and they know that that's their niche within the big market. But when we're going back to things like social capital, like 
um, like sexual capital and all the rest of it. It's not so much that there is a devaluation of the product. It is that there is, uh, there is no market for the product. Yeah. And once you realize that you can't compete in the market because your body, and I'm t- I'll talk about myself in this, <laughs> in this environment to, to, to be self-depreciative. <laughs> if you're a 1970s jalopy trying to, be, trying to be a standout vehicle in a you know, Jaguar 2010 series race, yeah. you're probably not going to win. Yeah. People are not going to be looking for you. But if you're in an antiques roadshow style environment or mm. like a, an antique yeah. f- car, people are going to be all over you because you might... Now, I realize in 1970s, jalopy may not exist. I'm yeah. not a car guy. I'm <laughs> just using that as an example. No, but but people are going to want it when you know that my place is not in this area. My place is looking here and being realistic about where you're selling yourself. Contextual perfectionism. That's it. It really is a great term. It's so buzzwordy though. Oh, of course it is, but that's what market that's marketable. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, we'll wrap this up here. But basically yeah. the main core of what I wanted to get across today was just how helpful podcasts are for creating content, for getting your own message across and why it's actually important. Well, it's, an, it's allowed us to have a really in-depth conversation yeah. about the nature of story and how it feeds into marketing, sales and branding. Yep. Anyway, thanks for coming on. No, thank and you very much. Do we do the shake of the hand? Is that the thing that we do? Great. Now we look at the camera, we say... And do the thumbnail. Do we yeah. look like idiots? Or do we look like... No. Brr! <laughs> Brr!